and then I, I had a job lined up um, at, at an engineering firm. And my idea was like, in five years, I'll quit and I'll do what I actually want to do. When I have a house and when I'm married and when everything's stable, you know, when I have my life all put together and it's stable and I know exactly what I'm going to do. That was what I thought at first until I was four months into my job and my father had a heart attack. And I was living about seven hours away from home. And I was driving that distance every weekend to go visit him, you know, like 14 hours of driving. And I was terrified. You're listening to the Money Lab Podcast, episode number 99. The work yourself to death money story. Welcome to the Money Lab podcast. I am your host, Wei Hong, and this is the podcast where we talk about money stories, tips, strategies, and interviews with some amazing people that have joined me to hopefully inspire you to create a lifestyle free of bad money stories, money anxiety, and stress. There is a free ebook that complements the show really well. It's called From Money Anxiety to Six Figure Mastery. To get it, simply go to http colon forward slash forward slash go dot the six figureacademy.com and get it there. It's the perfect complement to all the things we discuss on this show. It's free. And quite frankly, we've been told that it could change your life. Now, our guest in today's episode does for her audience and clients what we do here at the Six Figure Academy, but more so in the area of worthiness and value, which is often a huge reason why making money is challenging. Now, a few things you want to listen for in this episode is how what's behind bad money stories can be a good breakthrough learnings for your growth, how having more fun can lead to more money and success, and how what the people and circumstances we grew up with can be amazing in the future despite rocky beginnings. And there's so much more, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So my guest for this episode is a mindset and embodiment coach who does courses, workshops, and retreats on meditation, growth, habits, money expansion, career fulfillment. I mean, her and I have such a similar background just in different time eras, I think. (laughs) I mean, she has built a community, which is much better than I've done, of over 52,000 on social media through service-based content and intended to connect with death. Okay, and that's a very important thing, not just to connect, but to connect with death. And thousands of people across 60 plus countries listen to her podcast. I mean, she's one up in me left and right, except in age. So air and earth, I think that's one of the things she talks about. Now, after she quit her job as an engineer, for those of you who know my background, this is why I'm so excited about this guest, and diving headfirst into entrepreneurship, our guest today was able to match and then double her previous salary within just six months while working half the time. She's now on track to make multiple six figures in her second year of business. She currently lives in Boulder, Colorado, spends her time hiking with her dog, dancing, cooking, traveling, and doing yoga poses all over her Instagram, which is so not an engineer. Welcome to the show, Melissa Moffitt. Yay. Hi. 
Oh my gosh, I was trying not to like giggle very loudly during that whole. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, yeah, ready to talk. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing. That's the test. That's the first test, and you pass. How much can she resist? You know all those little memes and those challenges they do on social media, like TikTok and everything. They said, okay, how long can you? watch this or listen to this without laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Luckily, since I have a podcast, I'm like, okay, I know how this works. You don't talk while they're talking. You don't, like, <laughs> laugh over them the whole time. Or you, at least you try not to, but it's, like, really hard sometimes. Or, Yeah, yeah, I well, get it. Well, <laughs> in this particular podcast, it's okay. You can laugh. If you laugh, it okay, actually no gives me good feedback. no laughing at my podcast. All right. You come on my sure. podcast, no laughing allowed. I, I will, okay, fine. I will mumble the whole Just time. Just Yeah, mumbling. We only, yeah, you, you all should listen to my podcast we just mumble and we don't laugh so and I really don't care about the audio quality that much either so yeah come listen to it it's really good that's an engineer's engineer's <laughs> podcast <laughs> oh lord okay so anyway I'm so glad I am able to finally get you on the show because I've been wanting to get you on the show ever since the first time I met you over on this um this program that we both have been involved in to kind of scale our business Quick shout out to the facilitator, Caitlin Batcher, Scale with Success. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and that's where we met. And we and F, when we got a chance, I think it was at dinner, right? The first night at dinner, we sat down and we were able to kind of connect. And I said, oh, my God, you and I have such similar backgrounds. And we do a lot of the same things for our audience. Mm -hmm. So having you finally come on the show was kind of a journey. It took over a year, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was January. We met in January. It's now August. So. Okay. Well, it, it's <laughs> also 2020. It's tw where who knows what time everybody has aged 50 years <laughs> yeah. in one year. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel that. <laughs> I, uh. I, I can tell. I could have sworn that we looked 10 years younger. And now I saw you on Zoom just before jumping on here. I said, wait. Is this the same person? Just kidding. She's my you age now, but not quite. No, actually, I would still be about 10 years younger. So. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. All right. And that's the show. That's the and episode. That's the We're show. done. Never, ever releasing this one. Release it just to show. Never have Melissa Moffat on your podcast. She's okay. canceled. <laughs> That is your generation that uses that term. Uh, hashtag canceled. So, canceled. Okay. All right. So before we get too far deep into this rabbit hole of hilarity and fun around money, and it's fascinating because how is it possible that two entrepreneurs who do what we do, make what we make, can have this much fun messing around on one of our favorite platforms of connecting, providing content with our audience, right? And and it's like, when was the last time you were doing something that was relevant to your business or you know somebody who was doing something that's relevant to their business and having this much fun at the same time? I Yeah, that's one thing I think of every single day. I mean, just coming from my background of it was seriously ingrained in me so much that making money and work is suffering like you. You just have to suffer. Right. And I know we're going to go into this more. But like, I think every single day about how much freedom I have, how much choice I have, how much fun I have, which was there all along, but it just took me realizing it and tapping into that and actually making the choice for fun and for joy in my business and for joy when it comes to money over and over again. And I, ugh, I just, I love what I do. 
<laughs> I love yeah. it. And I know you do too. It's so, it, yeah, it's fun. Well, yeah, exactly. And you know, what we're doing right now on this episode, we're literally working. We are considering, you know, by, by following and purposes, we're, it's considered work right now. Yep. And yet here we are. <laughs> belly laughing our butts I know so now you did mention that and the title of this episode is the work yourself to death money story based on the money story that you grew up with so so let's talk a little bit about that and get that out of the way what what was your money story growing up that you had to kind of reconcile with and get past and break through in order to have this amazing life that you have right now right so I came from a family um I grew up in the south of the United States, uh, rural Tennessee, and I... Oh, I thought you were always in Colorado. Okay, so you're originally from Tennessee. I'm from Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, Yeah, I'm a southern girl. Um, (laughs) I don't have too much of an accent, but yeah, I'm a southern girl deep in my heart. That doesn't... That's not too much having to do with the story, but anyway, I'm from a small town. (laughs) I'll just tell you a bunch of stuff that's not relevant and then not actually get to the point. Okay, my favorite color was purple growing up. I had a cat. (laughs) Purpose for prosperity. <laughs> oh, and Blackie. <laughs> her name was Blackie. She was a black cat. I named her when I was four. Okay, anyway. There's a toothpaste <laughs> called Blackie. There's a toothpaste named Blackie toothpaste, I by the way. Did not, is it like a charcoal toothpaste? Oh, my God. It's a terrible name for toothpaste <laughs> and the terrible branding. This is back in like the 70s and the 60s and the 50s. Colgate had it. And oh. the icon on there was an African-American with really white pearly teeth, and they called it Blackie. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. The Different Boulder time. Colorado and in me is like, was it, is it activated charcoal? You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> does it come with a crystal? You rub it on your teeth. Reiki your teeth. Okay. Anyway. So, so I grew up in Tennessee, and I come from a family where my, my dad is a doctor. So, he we kind of have to go to his childhood a little bit. He grew up very, very uh, poor. So Mm. he grew up, you know, I've heard stories of like him doing two paper routes in order to buy his lunches, things like that. His father passed away from a heart attack when he was, my dad was 18 and my dad had two younger siblings who Mm -hmm. were like, I think uh, like 15 and 12 at the time. Mm -hmm. So my dad became a truck driver and was basically just doing any work he could in order to support himself and to support, you know, his family family, and to save up to go to school because he wanted to go to school. Right. So kudos to your dad actually for doing all that. I almost want to have him on the show to talk about his story too, because that sounds, that sounds like so it's so admirable. Like it is. Yeah, he's he's an amazing guy. So he worked his ass off for a few years. He saved up and then he he went to school and he, you know, spent 12 years going to school. He went to Duke and was like, you know, chief resident in, wow. in medicine there. He really and he worked his ass off to do it, right? Yeah. Which yeah. a lot of people, you know, that's kind of your story right if you're right. if you're coming from a certain background but he carried that through you know he got to this point where he could have been taking more breaks and he could mm-hmm. have been resting more and he could mm-hmm. have been you know getting a massage every once in a while all these kind of things right. but he just had so much trauma in his system from so much stress his family was had a lot of stress uh-huh. you know violence in the household all of these kind of things oh, wow. that that's uh-huh. what he he knew right so right. he was always so stressed and this came up later by him 
having the same kind of conditions that his father passed away from, right? So yeah, running the program. Mm -hmm. Yep. So he's diabetic. He has heart issues and under a lot, a lot of stress. So I started to adopt the same mentality, right? Of mm. my value, my worth is in my productivity and how much I can achieve, how high my grades are, how mm. successful I am. Right. right. And not, and I view success very, very, I love success. I love being productive, but it's just very different now than it used to be. It's not tied to my worth as a human being. Right. Right. Well, so, I think it's the evolution of man, right. To understand that even success evolves, right. Yes. Our perception of what success exactly. is evolves. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, so I did what any smart <laughs> young girl would do. I, you know, was like, what do I do for a living? And I had like all of these ideas and they were like, you're good at math and science. You're going to be an engineer. And I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. Wait, who told you that? Was it your dad that told you that? You're going to be an engineer? Or? My dad did not tell me that. And oh. this part of my story that I really love is how supportive my, my dad has been my ultimate cheerleader. When I told him mm. I wanted to quit my job and, you know, teach like meditation and all of that kind of stuff. He was like, uh -huh. do it, you know? So, um, <laughs> that's he, awesome. That, he wow. was kind of like, do what you want. But you know, my school teachers, I had, you know, friends who parent parents were engineers. So, and it sounded great to me at the time. Honestly, I, I do love math and science. I loved calculus. I loved physics. I was super good at it. I liked being good at it. I liked being better than the boys and like having to teach them how to do stuff. That was like, I'm competitive by nature. So it was fun for me to be you know, in that position. Uh, so that's what I did. I, I became an environmental engineer, um, because I was like, what, which one? I like the environment. Cool. Let's do that. So I went to school. I initially was like, I'm going to get a PhD. I'm going to go to one of the top schools in order to do that. So I went to a school in Tennessee where I like had a free ride, which was, I'm super thankful for. So I had like no student loans and all of that stuff. Um, because I was a female in STEM, so they gave me great scholarships. And then, <laughs> then I mean, I got to this point where I was, like, starting to meditate because I was just so freaking anxious all the time. Um, and I'm in Tennessee, right? So there's, like, no – there's no access to this kind of um, – you know, learning about higher states of consciousness, mm -hmm. learning about things besides, you know, taking medication mm -hmm. to – to alleviate any of these things, which I, I did for quite a while. And um, so I started learning about, you know, actually changing your mind and changing your systems and changing your programming, all this kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so toward the end of my undergrad, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Uh -huh. And, I, you know, I was like, maybe I'll be a yoga teacher. I'll teach like yoga. I'll teach meditation. That'll be cool. But I had no idea how I was like, that seems impossible. Well, at least right? you gave but yourself I, options. I did give myself options. That was the one thing that I... I really did well is that I kept my curiosity flowing and open. So I had no idea if any of this was possible. I just, I, I kept it open. At least so, you did that because I didn't even do that. I remember sitting on my last semester or last quarter at UCLA and I was like, oh my God, I think I'm in the wrong major. And, <laughs> yeah. and then I didn't even know what I was going to do. I didn't even give myself options. I just was like too busy being upset that I was in the wrong major, that I felt like I was in the wrong major. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you you've done you've done well. You've done, yeah, but, <laughs> we all have our stories, right? right? Uh, my timeline is yeah. a, not as quite as efficient as yours, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> efficient.
efficiency. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. So yeah. So I, I, I ended up going to grad school cause I was like, who knows, but I didn't, I didn't go somewhere else. I like stayed at that school. Cause I was like, I'm just going to try this out. If I'm still in mm-hmm. this, I'll go get a PhD. If not, I won't. And I knew I was like, I'm not doing this. I knew. I knew. I was so done. My professors were done with me by the end of it because I was starting to be like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm a free person. I'm not I'm not your slave lady. And you know, they were not they were they were like, just get her out of here. Yeah. Like she's, she's like, you go meditate. I'm gonna go meditate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was done and then I took a couple months off. I like went and did some like I did some um, like yoga asana training. I did some meditation training. I did, I was like in Hawaii for a while. I, and then I, I had a job lined up um, at, at an engineering firm. Mm-hmm. And my idea was like, in five years, I'll quit and I'll do what I actually want to do when I have a house and when I'm married mm. and when everything's stable, you know, when I have my life all put together and it's stable and I know exactly what I'm going to do. How many people so that was, do that? Oh my God. Oh. Yeah. And then end up doing it and doing it and keep doing it. Hamster wheel. And then, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that was what I thought at first until I was four months into my job and my father had a heart attack Uh. and I was living about seven hours away from home Mm -hmm. and I was driving that distance every weekend to go visit him. Um, you know, like 14 hours of driving. Oh my God. Um, and I was terrified. I was so scared. And this is the part where I say, my dad's good. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> He's healthy, safe, all of those things. Right. But at the time, we didn't know. You know, he had, a, you know, he had a lot of health problems, all of these things. Mm-hmm. He also very much had the mindset because his father died when he was, you know, my dad's dad was like in his late 40s. Right. So my dad was like, it's my time. He would like literally, you know, yep. kind of say that. So, of course, I'm like, cool, great. This is so wonderful. Um, so I, you know, that that went on me going back and forth um, for about a month. Mm-hmm. And then I, I had a supervisor in that position who was really kind to me. Mm-hmm. And he um, he helped me transition out of the job without me like getting fired or any of these things. Uh-huh. I told him like way in advance that I was going to quit. And he was like, cool, we're going to you know, make sure this, this, you have to do what you have to do. Right. And so it was two things, you know, there was like the pull for me to do something else. Mm -hmm. So that was like a wake up call, but also this very deep need for me to like be home. Right. With with my dad. It was a catharsis that actually got you to do something. Right. Yes. Whereas before it was just like a ruminating thought that you just kept running over and over in your head going, okay, I got, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something, got to do something Mm -hmm. else. Yeah. And, yeah. and why, yeah. and why so, is that? Why do you think that is? Because I'm always interested in wondering, you know, because because of the work that you and I both do, why is it that human beings in general require to experience some kind of catharsis before we finally get off our duffs to actually do something about something that we yeah. want to do? You know, it's it's really interesting. And I think that we can, over time, change that, right? Mm-hmm. Where we don't have to have this, like, 
chaotic event or to be in crisis Mm -hmm. or to be like suffering to the point where we don't have a choice to make a change in our life. Mm -hmm. But I think when you're so used to being in this place where you don't realize how much choice you have and how much freedom you have and how you can, how intelligent you are and how you can figure anything out, even if you don't feel like you have the money yet to invest in yourself, even if you don't feel like you have the knowledge yet to create a business, even if you, you know, all of these excuses we can make up, right? Mm -hmm. But like when you, sometimes it takes that initial thing, (laughs) event to, to trigger the change. But then when you start to be like, okay, everything's changing all the freaking time. Why don't I just flow with it a little more, allow myself to let go of all of these old beliefs, anything that's not working anymore and actually go after what I really want in life. Yeah. Then it's doesn't have to be. So that's one thing that I've been learning a lot, you know, going from working myself to death to being like, I can actually, you know, I don't have to work that much. I can do things that are fun. I can not be stressed all the time and be growing, you know, a business rapidly, that kind of thing. Right. And still be on purpose. I mean, you were not only just working yourself to death, but you were driving all the time, which was in a way kind of, I guess, another job in itself. I mean, if you're taking 14 hours every weekend to drive, that that in itself is a job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I come from a place where I was having very consistent panic attacks, migraines. I was being medicated because of how much pressure I put on myself. Did I know that at the time? No. I had doctors telling me that it was just my brain chemistry and that's what I was going to live with for the rest of my life when wow. I was 15 years old. When I was 15 years old and like there it was like no, you didn't have it's just that you had childhood trauma and you're like really stressed out. It's like no, that's not it. This is just who you are. <laughs> Where <laughs> I remember, like, I will never forget my doctor staring me in the face and saying that. And something in my body was like, don't listen. Don't and I was believe like, okay. him. Right. They were like, no. And I was like, okay. But you at least listen. So, How many people look at that white coat and just ignore their own gut intuition? I don't know. Uh, so many. And that's why, like, I feel, I really feel like you know, for me, there is a connection to something like way bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And who I don't know what that is. But like part of part of my work and part of my business is that connection to my intuition, you know, God, nature, the universe, mm-hmm. source, higher power, whatever you want to call it, right? Anything there bigger is, than like, man, basically. <laughs> anything that's not me and my little tiny analytical mind, right? right? You know, um, but there was something that day that was like, that that ain't you girl you know Mm -hmm. and I was like all right okay and yeah but many people that's one thing that really drives me is knowing that the number one of the regret of the dying is I didn't I lived the life based on what you know I thought were limited possibilities Mm -hmm. based on what I thought others wanted me to do Mm -hmm. I didn't actually live my life and I could I every you know not every day but a lot of days I think to myself if I were to die today Mm -hmm. You, you know, like, and this woke me up when I thought my dad was dying. Right. It woke me up I, when I was in Hawaii. Do you remember the ballistic missile scare? Yeah. In Hawaii? I was there. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so I like was like, ha I'm about to die today. You know, like that woke me up a little bit. Right. Um, but it's just, and th- one, you know, when I'm making a decision, I think to myself, my life, my time is limited am I going to base this decision on fear or am I going to base this decision on actually living a really 
awesome life, right. you know, where I'm like fulfilled and where I die and I'm like, cool, tuck me in. I'm done. Thanks. Right. That was awesome. See you. See you next time. Whatever. You know, exactly. So and, and how do you how do you what do you say to people who who are thinking along those lines and then but they but they go so far ahead that they start to create this this foreboding fear that well and then it keeps them in analysis paralysis or even taking action because of, well what if this is the wrong decision what if i'm happy right now but i'm not gonna be happy later <laughs> yeah that is an awesome awesome question and something i i have these conversations a lot mm-hmm. in my in my courses and with my clients i when i first that was one thing that made me very very fearful when i first quit my job and i was starting my business mm-hmm. I was like, what am I going to do in five years? But at the time I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do next month. You know? <laughs> right. I don't even know. Figure that out first. And we've, and we've seen this now with coronavirus, right? right? We think we're in security. We have this freaking illusion of security that is not real. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you own your house. It could burn down tomorrow. We have forest fires all over the place. I don't care how much health you have. Mm-hmm. It could all be gone tomorrow. Security is an illusion. Mm-hmm. So all we have to worry about, and so there's a balance to this, right? Yeah, like save your money. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> invest wisely. Yeah, don't just buy lottery tickets all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like don't, you know, eat healthily all the things like we want to plan for a long healthy life right but don't let that limit your your choices and mm-hmm. your possibilities like take some risks sometimes you're gonna be okay like you're gonna be a little bit more resilient which is probably a good thing well i think what you're saying is this you know yeah you you do you do what you can for self-care to make sure that you're taken care of but that but don't do it to compromise living a life yes don't let it right. be an excuse right so don't let it be a sabotage exactly 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 you know you're doing i mean i i see this all the time people are complete healthness to the point where they're anxious about their health you know because they yep. they need to stay on point they need to stay on a schedule and then all of a sudden there's like whoa all you're doing is worrying and stressing about how you need to be healthy and you yeah, do <laughs> I know people who actually you know like I have a friend who and he knows this too so if you're listening love you dude but you know this <laughs> that he he makes himself physically ill by worrying about his health so much mm-hmm. you know and that's what we're doing all the time. We worry about suffering so much. We worry about things falling apart. We see this in relationships mm-hmm. with our money mm-hmm. that by us being so fixated on how it's going to go wrong, we're setting it up to go wrong. Right. And we by I've had this happen in relationships where I didn't oh, yeah. know, I didn't trust someone because I thought things were going to like mess up and they were going to leave me. And guess what? They did Right. <laughs> because I didn't trust them and I pushed them away. Like that's how it works. Right. And then, you know, and then in those circumstances, we can always do what the general populace does is blame the other person for not mm-hmm. giving you the reason to trust them when you could just choose to trust regardless. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yes. it's fascinating. And I, and I love this conversation that we're having because, you know, though we're, you know, this podcast is about money flow and money and money anxiety and everything like that. What most people don't realize that this is all relevant. It's all connected. It's all connected. How you do one thing is going to be how you do so many different other things. Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a behavior pattern that basically runs our operating system. You know, fellow engineers, unite. Let's talk about it. Every human being has an operating <laughs> system, right, that we run. We're a computer. <laughs> we are a computer. And we just, I mean, just like Windows, it's like, just because you have a Windows machine doesn't mean you only work in like engineering. You could use Windows machine in working in art. You could use a Windows machine and it's the same operating system, just 
used in a different way. Yes, 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 exactly. Like how, you know, I've just been seeing so many differences in my own life with how, you know, if we're talking about money, like how we receive money is going to be how we receive and give, you know, recirculate money is going to be very similar in connection to how we receive and give in our relationships, how we receive and give, you know, sexually Mm -hmm. with our generosity, Mm -hmm. um, with how we choose our adventures, like all of these kind of things with our family. It's, it's so deeply connected because right. it's the same, like you said, it's the same programming that's controlling it all. Right. It's like the same fundamental program, which a lot of it has come from the early di- days of our lives where, oh, is that a, is that not a soap opera? Days of our lives? Yeah. So in the early days of our lives, um, when we didn't have any discerning filters and everything was just sponged in, right? So you learn mm. favorite. What was your mom in all this, by the way? I, did, I, I don't know if we, we we talked about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's, that's interesting to talk about too because my mom was a, she was a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. My parents got divorced when I was nine. Okay. Um, my dad like a- immediately got remarried, but was separating from my stepmom during his heart attack period. Okay. Um, because that relationship was built a lot on, um, very material, you know, desires mm-hmm. from each other and really high expectations and all of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. My mom, um, and I honestly like don't talk about this a lot out of respect to my mom, but like my mom's a totally different human being now. And she's, I love her very much. And she's one of my best friends, but she went down a pretty dark hole of alcoholism Mm -hmm. and being in very toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, So that definitely influenced my relationship with money as well, because, you know, she'd been so used to being supported and then she, you know, was receiving, you know, payment from my dad for them getting divorced and child support and all of those things. But, you know, right around the same time of her getting a divorce, both of her parents passed away. Oh. It was just, it was a lot for her. Yeah. And there was a lot of scarcity there mm-hmm. and a lot of, um, you know, and that was another driving factor in me being like, one thing I've learned is how to receive because I was like, I am never going to not be able to support myself or to be so fearful. Right. I'm going to be, you know, the freaking, you know, <laughs> badass corporate at the top of the ladder engineer girl. I'm going to work my know, ass or off. The professor, so, yeah. Or like, I'm going to like do it. And I still get that way sometimes mm-hmm. where I'm like, no, I don't need your help, man. Or like, <laughs> I don't know. Right. So, so I've had to learn, you know, I was, I, when I moved home, um, I had to learn to help let you know and this is very like it's such an interesting thing like I had to learn to let my dad be actually supportive of my my career change Mm. and you know not just whenever he would say I'm proud of you you're gonna do this be like you know this little voice inside of me was like needed his validation but also was afraid to receive it Mm. wow you know yeah yeah, that's so interesting yeah. because my mom still hasn't figured out how to support herself. My parents are also mm. divorced, but they got divorced so late in life. And everybody's like, why did you guys wait so long? <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, they're like in their yeah. 60s, 70s of retiring. It's like they already retired. like divorced now. What? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Sometimes that happens. Right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because, you know, obviously my dad still cares. So he's still supporting her peripherally. And and it's and it's interesting, you know, 
still still having to i mean just kind of observing how someone so i can can i can absolutely appreciate everything your mom went through now my mom didn't go down um coping mechanisms that were that your mom did but she i'm sure it sounds like your mom figured it out on how to finally kind of get through all that my mom has oh, yet yeah. to figure it out i think because my dad still has to pay the car insurance a uh, cell phone uh-huh. bill you know these things that are fundamentals that a teenager knows how to do yeah and my mom yeah. struggles with that still to this day because she was basically a domestic engineer her entire life right right yeah and I, yeah it's been really interesting to watch my parents because they have come and my my brother I have an older brother mm-hmm. too and he kind of went through the same cycle of being very much like not knowing how to take care of himself mm-hmm. in very dark places right. and is now you know doing doing so much better so I think there was a part of me too that was always like I have to be the one who's like doing good you know I have right. to be the one who's happy like I have to be the one who's like actually successful and all of these things and put a lot of pressure on myself that way oh these big Um, brothers i think my sister went through the same (laughs) thing too that you went through it's like oh okay big brother is a total total like failure i need to go be successful you know and and this is when you know during a time where i where i was trying to figure out life and based on the context of my family everybody thought i was that black sheep that just couldn't figure things out Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can I see that in my brother a lot it's like he had like a 10-year period of just like you know trying to go to school but flunking out and trying to have these jobs but like getting fired and all of these things wow. but I he's so creative and he's so smart right. right so I see him really he's he's tapped now into what it is he really wants to do he's about to wrap up school for music producing oh nice and he's like top of his class top of his class top of his class where he couldn't you know before he like couldn't even get through a semester of you know community college that kind of thing but he's like really found his path he's cleared he's healed a lot of trauma Right. right by and i'm very thankful that we've had access to this you know my dad paid for him to go to six weeks of intensive therapy like daily oh group therapy so cool like that kind of thing yeah yeah and he it was like a light switch flipped you know nice. he's been just on this like uphill climb ever since and i really see him as being someone who's going to be really you know happy and successful where that used to be i mean i remember one time like sitting in my cafeteria and seeing this like this guy who was like cleaning up and he like looked like my brother for a second i just like started crying cuz oh. i was like my brother like I-, I don't know if he's going to know how to take care of himself right. so yeah i'm and my mom's the same way she's like she she got um she went back and got like a hairstyling oh, cool. license mm-hmm. which she did before my parents were married mm-hmm. and she you know she's doing well for herself she has you know her own place in charlotte north carolina mm-hmm. that she bought she she you know is saving up for retirement all of these kind of things and Very she cool. also has gotten to the point where it's like okay i can take a vacation i can take nice. breaks and you know i'm like good mom let's go on a retreat like all this kind of stuff like you don't have to work all the time like you know so. i feel like i should have your entire family come on my show and then we should <laughs> talk to everybody. i love my family so that's i think that's like one of my favorite parts about my story is how splintered and broken we were as a family and individually because it was there were some years where it was like oh, it was pretty bad right <laughs> it was like not good and now everyone is so i mean everybody has their own stuff still right, right. but i just 
I'm so thankful for how far we all have come and how much we love each other and how much we support each other and how, um, how much we've all grown individually. It's, 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 I'm very thankful yeah, for that. Yeah, and that's fantastic because, you know, what, what will happen is, you know, people will see where you're at right now, see what you're doing, and they'll hear bits and pieces of your story, but never really get the full picture of to, that this is why you don't take anything that you achieve in terms of success for granted because you've seen the flip side of things. You've experienced mm-hmm. it viscerally, you know, what the mm-hmm. difference is when things are are when you're when you're living a life in a in a disempowered way right yeah exactly and i think too that's why you know my business has grown so so i i feel like i mean i feel like it's growing pretty quickly and i've kind of decided that that's happening right and uh-huh. but i will always and this is a key component of my business and what i teach people is just i will always put my my i mean the the two are it's it's integrated together right my life and my business right. but my joy mm-hmm. and my pleasure and living and love and relationships mm-hmm. are the foundation you mm-hmm. know what I mean like mm-hmm. I could never sacrifice at this point my values and my time and my life and my integrity for money at this point and the more I deepen into that the more money I make actually so well ding 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 nice little light bulb moment okay share that again share that because that I think is a a huge piece that you and I both teach to our audience Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right yeah so what I realized and what I used to believe was impossible so I had this programming my computer was like hey Making money is hard. You go, you do your 40, 50, 60 hours, whatever. You Mm -hmm. punch the clock. It's going to be suffering. Get over it. That's how life is. Right. Where what I've redesigned myself to believe and how I operate and how my success comes is that, and this, this is true for anybody, right? Right. It makes logical sense that if you're doing what you love, there's going to be this lag period where you're not fit. You don't know what the frick is going on. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to make money and all mm-hmm. the scarcity. Co- and you wake up in the middle of the night because, you, you know, like you don't know <laughs> how everything's going to work out, all of that kind of stuff. Right. But if you do the internal work and if you keep showing up, then you're going to get through that period. And you're going to have periods like that come up again and again and again as you're expanding, as you're taking mm-hmm. on next levels, all of that kind of stuff. But yep. it makes sense that if you are doing what you truly love that is providing value to your life and to the lives of others in a way that is uniquely gifted to you, it's going to work out for you because you it's just like you can't not do it. Right. You know, and I think the big thing is as long as you commit to 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 really going there and then doing it no matter what, you know, in terms of making sure that you stay committed, you stay with your convictions and you, you know, make sure that you stay joyful and stay happy, still stay in that positive space of just making sure that you yourself are taken care of. You're right. You're going to get there. Yeah. And one thing I hear too, and this kind of comes back to the question that you asked earlier about people worrying about that stability way down the road. People Mm -hmm. are like, what 
you know, but I don't know what my one purpose is or what my one topic or my niche or whatever. And the thing is, that's where this tapping into the the ultimate fact that everything is changing very rapidly. Right. You are changing. Life is changing. Your opportunities are changing. Your beliefs the world are is changing. changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could be teach. You could be. Well, I'm speaking. I like a lot of my clients are teachers, right? So you could right. be teaching. You could be doing business. You could be making money. Whatever. Mm-hmm. One way today, and something could happen where you decide to shift tomorrow, and you got to go with that shift. Right. Yeah. I mean, what do we call this? Uh, you know, we always hear this phrase that nature f- always finds a way. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like the way you're approaching life is to be in alignment with nature so that you become part of nature and if nature always finds a way and you become part of nature, then so will you, right? Yes. Isn't that, yes. Like, isn't that transitive property? To... <laughs> <laughs> isn't that the yeah. transitive property in mathematics? <laughs> you're good at math, right? That's transitive oh property. <laughs> so anyway, the next question. <laughs> yeah, but I totally forgot what I was going to say. Now. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, the way I operate right now, mm-hmm. especially since like COVID happened, cause I had this idea for what I was going to do for the month of March mm-hmm. and then it totally oh, yeah. changed. Right. I was right. going to, re- I was going to like release this course. That's like, you know, a couple thousand dollars, all this kind of thing. And I was like, actually, why don't I like, everybody's feeling super scarce right now. Some people weren't right, but like what I was getting from my community, cause I was talking to them. I was asking them, I was doing polls. They were like, I need support. I'm really scared. And I released this program that was like a hundred bucks and it, I like had so many people buy it. My business actually doubled that month. Oh, nice. And then it, you know, it's been like, and I, that really was this hit for me of like, Whoa, I need to like, I need to like listen more. I need mm-hmm. to trust myself more. Mm-hmm. And it's like doubled. It's like tripled again since March. And, wow. you know, I fully believe in another few months I could triple it again. Right. And right. It, it was just a big lesson for me in trusting myself and trusting the flow of life and yeah, being connected to nature in that way. Yeah. And how would you explain that in terms of People, someone's listening, well, they say, oh, I get the strategy. I listen to my audience and then serve the audience at the highest level, do the best I can to serve and kind of adapt and adjust. But I feel like there's something even deeper that Mm. allowed you to let that money come in, you know, no matter of what structure you put in place. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I think a lot of times people get very, and strategy is so important, so Mm -hmm. important. But I think a lot of times people get caught up in that kind of ends to a means. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the phrase, right? Ends to a means? Uh, to a means, means, to, means, means to an to end. Means to an end. That's, I was like. Although if we go quantum, we could go end first and then figure out the means later. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Exactly. They get like, you get caught up in that. Start up with the end of mind. Let's flip that around. Yeah, exactly. So they think there's going to be like one key, like, uh, type of way of writing or one key structure, or one key, if I like make this one Instagram post or whatever it is. And I used to think that too, right? I've been right. caught up in that, that story many times of being like, why doesn't this work? This worked for someone else, you know? Um, and for me, it was, and what I teach, you know, one of the, the ultimate foundations of my business and my teachings is just learning really how to trust yourself and Mm -hmm. like there's just this deep 
when you like kind of, it's like that decisive energy. Like right. I'm just going to do it. And I don't need to know, I don't need to know how it's all going to work out. I don't, right. I don't need to under. I don't need to overanalyze it. It's more of like the energy of just like mm-hmm. it's happening. Like I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't matter exactly what you say on your Instagram. It doesn't matter. I like one of my, I joke with my following a lot because like I say it's on brand for me to have typos and food in my teeth when I show up <laughs> my story. Like that's just, and oh, gosh. like, yeah. <laughs> and my, now everybody's going to look for food in your teeth. Yeah, and there's mumbling no laughing yeah yeah. my podcast is mumbling no laughing but anyway yeah so to me it was and I almost kind of push it now sometimes too and be like yeah it's more of me being like I am capable of teaching I am capable of transforming your life and like this knowing that like I am building a freaking business that is going to help other people I'm going to make money doing it I'm going to make a shit ton of money doing it I'm Uh going to hire other people who love their jobs and we're just going like I don't know how it's all working out because there's something behind me that's helping push me on the way there's an intuition inside of me I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow I don't know what's going to happen the next day I don't need to know yeah. You know, I, I, and it sounds kind of like thing. there's like a faith and trust that no matter what, oh, you'll yes. figure it out. Yeah. And I mean, I've learned that through many times of being like, ha what is happening? You know, like, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> like, this is testing my faith even more. But like, I was having this conversation today, actually, where when you go through so much and so many levels and you've, you know, you've pushed it so many times and like stretched yourself so many times and face the unknown so many times you just you just get to this point where it's like there's I'm like there's nothing I can do you know if I want it if it's truly aligned with me like if I actually want it you know what I mean not like from this place of ego where I'm like I'm gonna get a Maserati is that a that's a nice car right Maserati Maserati? yeah yeah Maserati's a nice car (laughs) or is that like what's the Maybach that's the one that's nicer right Maybach no I well I mean it depends it depends on it depends on your taste it depends on your taste I mean, you could always go with, like, the Ferraris or the Lamborghinis or whatever. whatever. Like, see, for me, you know, it's about what's really aligned with me. I'm buying a house right now. It's, like, an eco house. It's, like, up in the mountains. It's, like, super eco, right? Cool. Like, it's all run on solar. It's, like, all redwood. It's, you know, there's, like, no chemicals in the house, that kind of thing. Like, that's super aligned with me, right? Right. So, for me, like, that was the dream, and it came through quickly. And because I, like, held on to it, I knew what was really true for me and that's I think a lot of people they either they either don't go towards what's really true for them because they're led astray by the Joneses or what they think they should be doing Mm -hmm. or they get confused because they're like I don't know what my dream is and it's like you do but you're not allowing yourself to actually dream it because you think it's too big right right or it's not in alignment with or you'll be shunned by society if you choose that as a dream yes right exactly exactly Right. Because what's a dream for you and what motivates and drives you may not necessarily what drives the next person. Exactly. Exactly. Some people will see my house and they'll be like, are you like camping? What is wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, she's earthy. You have to put fire in your house. You have to put firewood in there. That sounds terrible. And I'm like, don't talk to me. I'm with the trees, you know? So. I'm yeah. one with the earth. <laughs> <laughs> These are my friends, the Aspens. <laughs> yeah. And, and and what I love about this is that you are very grounded and earthy and, and you're, 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 you're being very conscious about your footprint on the planet. But that's not that was never an excuse for you to not make money. No, because I love I love looking at both sides of it. Mm-hmm. I love being like you can you can have it all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like 
I I love the the fuel that is like serving, right? Mm-hmm. Really like uplifting others, changing the system. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. investing in equity for all, investing right. in environmental sustainability. That right. drives me, but also like I want to get a massage and I want someone to put some sparkles on my nails and I want to buy myself an eco diamond ring because it's pretty. Right. Like that's, <laughs> that's also no blood like, diamond, no, just regular yeah, eco no diamond. Blood, just a regular eco diamond, probably uncut, probably like some recycled metal in there, like that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Literally so, just pick it up off the ground diamond. Yes. Yeah, that. Just put it on my finger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I will pay you a lot of money for it. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love, I, you know, a, a lot of people I work with, like they're like, I feel guilt around having money. And it's like, mm-hmm. like that's part of the learning how to receive is being like, you're allowed. You're capable of having it all. You're allowed to receive. You're allowed to have support. You're allowed to have pleasure. You're allowed to buy yourself expensive gifts and vacations and cars or whatever the hell you want. You know what right. I mean? And then you, you can literally do it all <laughs> as long as it's in integrity with you and you're not shaming yourself for what you really want. Right. Have your cake and eat it. So why get the cake if you're not going to eat it? Whoever made it that phrase, I don't understand. I don't know. I kind of want a lot of cakes. I'm like, yeah. can I have a cheesecake? Can I have a fudge chocolate cake? Like, I want and, this one to have candles. I want that to have right. this one to have the sparkly candles. And That's then why, what I want. Right. And then why would you buy it and not eat it? I don't understand that phrase. You want to have your cake and eat it too. It's like, <laughs> of course, I bought it. Why would I not want to eat it? I mean, I want well, my friends to come over and eat the cake too. Like, yeah, I know. we're having a party. I know. Let's all eat it together. Yeah. <laughs> Put the music on and shut up. No laughing, just mumbling. Now dance. No laughing, just, just dance. dance. <laughs> Which reminds me of those, those are little my <laughs> <laughs> at my eco house. Nobody touch anything. Make sure you have a coaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you must. And and the way to get in is to put an uncut, you know, dirty diamond. Yes. <laughs> Take you your shoes up. off at the door. That's really though. I'm like, don't bring your shoes in my house. <laughs> yeah. And then put crystals in it on your way out. Yeah. So. Exactly. Light some incense. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I get those bad vibes out of here. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Okay, so now that we're done being all over the place, um, so so here's the thing, you know, at this point, I mean, believe it or not, we're almost at the top of the hour, which is fascinating. Of course, what? we kind of knew this was going to happen, but, um, and and you know what, honestly, it's so refreshing here, but because you know, even when I first met you, I, I think you were you were, it was new for you. You were being very very, um, demure and quiet, and so this is is this is interesting seeing this whole different side that I didn't see the from the first time I met you. Maybe you were tired. You know what's so funny? Well, no. Like, let me let me interject for a second because this is also a great example of how you can change people all the time. I I am like a performer. Mm-hmm. Like, I if it's me on a stage, like I grew up dancing ballet. Mm-hmm. I've been like stars and shows and that kind of thing. But I, it's like a character that I play. That's a true part of myself. But I was people all the time ask me. They're like you know, how, how are you not afraid to talk in front of people or like to teach these classes or whatever, to talk on your podcast, all these things. And I'm like, haha, I was diagnosed with social anxiety disorder when I was 15 and I was dyslexic growing up. And now I speak and I write for a living, like, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, and it's, it's like, we're so multifaceted that a lot of times when I'm in groups, I am like more quiet, but then one-on-one or like if I'm teaching a class, I'm very yeah. like 
this. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there so, there is this perception in society that you're either extrovert or introverted, but people don't realize you can actually be both and people can easily be both, you know, and there mm-hmm. are individuals that actually thrive in having a little bit of both going on. Right. Yeah. And it's just another way to put stories on yourself that are mm-hmm. limiting yourself somehow. I easily could have said, no, I don't do well with people like I could have stopped when I was 15 and been like, I don't make friends. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. I'd like don't do well with people. And now I have, you know, over 50,000 people following me on Instagram. So yeah. like I can make friends like that's not a worry. Anymore. Right. Well, I so, mean, this and this this goes back to talk, you know, how people don't realize that having breakthroughs in your personal life. Will, will absolutely affect your money flow. Because imagine if you still had that quote-unquote social anxiety disorder and all these different things, you didn't create breakthroughs and kind of owning yourself and getting clear and honoring thyself and knowing thyself, that how would that then impact your business, right? Right, if you still were, yeah. Can you imagine doing your business right now with social anxiety disorder on full tilt? Yeah, if I was like still telling that story, oh my, yeah. I would have got, I like wouldn't, you know, I don't... I'm at this point where I'm like, I'll write something, post it. I'll send an email. I'll show up in my pajamas every day on my Instagram live. Like, I don't care. I don't care. Like how I look, how I speak. I know that it's what's needed. I like, I really kind of pride myself a little bit on how authentic I am online. Mm -hmm. Right. But being real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was like very healing for me to be able, like part of me coming onto social media and getting comfortable there was so healing in my real life and vice versa. Mm, Right. Right. And this is what I tell a lot of my audience, too. It's like, you know what? You know, if you're finally feeling stuck in it, just just show up, show up and yes. going through the process, you know, like the, like you were talking about earlier is like didn't know how just do it. And I and I always I always say this to my audience is like, you know, how happens when you let how go? You figure out how it happens, you know, when you kind of let go of the attachment of having to know how to do everything mm-hmm. or how to get to where you want to go. Yeah. And sometimes you have to like shock your system a little bit. If you're being called towards something and you've been feeling resistance around it and you've been Mm -hmm. putting it off, putting it off, you're, it's the tension. That's the problem. It's not the actual thing. Right. And so if you just like, like just shock yourself a little bit, I think of like, you know, someone who's like, you know, get, what's it called? I've been watching a lot of house recently. My, my boyfriend really likes that uh-huh. show, but where they I like shock your heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's like, yeah. Defib- like a defibrillator. Or yeah. Def- yeah. That thing. Yeah. <laughs> I did not study medicine, but anyway, I think of that kind of thing where it's like, sometimes you just got to do it. Just do it. You know? Like, yeah. And if it's the wrong thing, you'll think it'll be fine. You right. know, you'll figure it out. You'll pay it mm-hmm. off. You'll, mm-hmm. you know, change your situation. You can always change. Nothing is ever, ever, ever 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 permanent ever right so just do it exactly i mean that's what the that's what the monks and the buddhists say right man one of man's greatest suffering is our insistence on clinging to that which is impermanent yep you know and 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 we forget you know people say no i don't know i don't know about this shocking my system it's like you've been doing it since you were born i mean how many times Mm -hmm. did we shock our system falling down 300 some odd times before we learn how to walk every time we fell we shocked the system we shocked the system that's feedback 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 and you've been building the resistance so what's shocking to you now is not going to be that shocking in even a few months and you'll that's how you climb levels right Mm -hmm. it's like you push through you break through the glass ceiling Mm -hmm. and you might be a little uncomfortable you might feel a little stretched and Mm -hmm. then your your nervous system your your reality adjusts your external reality adjusts to the internal decisions that you make Exactly. Exactly. So if someone's listening to this right now and they're saying, oh, my God, I really need to. Kind of, I mean, let's talk a little bit about who specifically what kind of individuals do you 
teach and you serve uh, in your business? Yeah, so I I really love working with like a wide variety of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I have I have a lot of different <laughs> offerings. Um, mm-hmm. I do specifically work around money mindset, but then mm-hmm. I also teach around like, you know, general worthiness, those deep rooted like trusting yourself and loving yourself because I believe that stuff is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I mostly work with women, although I have you know, a lot of men who come in and like come to my treats, things like that. Um, one-on-one I work with people who are teachers, coaches, um, leaders of some sort, usually online, growing Mm -hmm. an online presence, growing Mm -hmm. their business, wanting to make more money, wanting to impact people more deeply. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then my, you know, I have a lot of different programs. So anywhere, you know, people who just want to feel a little better around money to Mm -hmm. people who, really want to go go pretty deep with it right and, and i know you said the worthiness piece and and that's and i think that's a a big shift for a lot of people is that you know we we literally block the money flow into our life because we like you were saying being able to receive right being mm-hmm. worthy of receiving exactly. the financial abundance that you're looking for and yeah. no matter what marketing strategy or tactic that you have until you feel worthy right and this is what i'm hearing from what you're saying then you won't be able to receive that money, at least not sustainably. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I you know, we see this, right? There are people mm-hmm. who win the lottery and get millions and millions of dollars, but they mm-hmm. don't they're not the person who's a millionaire deep down inside. They're they're they don't feel like that person. Right. They don't feel worthy of it, really. So they they burn it away, that kind right. of thing. And, you know, you see the same thing with people who get big inheritances. And then you see people who come from nothing who are like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I am a millionaire deep down inside Mm -hmm. and create that life for themselves by working their way up up the ladder and (laughs) shocking their system again and again, you know, that kind of thing. Uh So it's really, it's such an internal game. It's such a like learning how it really, you know, for me, a lot of it comes down to self-love, self-trust, those very, like, we hear that tossed around a lot, but it's deep stuff. It's a lifelong game, you know, and trusting others, learning discernment for how to let people into your life, especially if you've been hurt and how to, you know, hashtag cancel some people out of your life sometimes <laughs> right not actually can- with love with, <laughs> with love, love. <laughs> yeah but just having enough self-love self-respect and then also being again there's there you get to have both you get to receive you get to have the uncut diamond ring that someone found in the dirt mm-hmm. and you also people each have very unique gifts and if we I'm about to get a little, a little like, a little like hippie on you here, whatever you want to call it. But like, if we were all in our gifts, if we were all in our integrity, connected to our hearts in abundance, right? Mm -hmm. We wouldn't have wars. We wouldn't have Mm -hmm. people who aren't, you know, who are suffering from famine and food, you know, crisis and all of these things. Because we'd be able to share and we'd be able to take what we know, our knowledge. I like one phrase I love is let your pain 
fuel your purpose, what you care about, you have the ability to go out there and make change in the world. Mm -hmm. And as you're uplifting others, you're uplifting yourself. As you're uplifting yourself, you're uplifting others. Right. So the symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And so what you're what you're saying is basically you know, strive for abundance because the more abundant you are, the easier it is for you to share Mm -hmm. what it is that you have in abundance Mm of. Yeah, if you're get all these cakes, man, and it's right. Get all the cakes because yeah, because if you're constantly in survival starving mode, you have nothing to share. Yeah, you have nothing you can do to put out there to help someone else because you're too busy helping yourself. Exactly. That's why you're not you're not choosing. It's like people say, you know, something along the lines of like, well, money isn't everything. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, if you don't worry so much about the money because you have a great relationship with money and you're trusting in money and you have plenty of money, then Mm -hmm. you can actually focus your energy on more of the everything else. Right. Money is just like everything else. It's like the skill sets that you have in that. It's just another tool to use to facilitate what it is that you're here to do. Yes. Right? right? <laughs> Hashtag that, whatever that is. Okay, yes. so <laughs> we could talk for like five hours. I'm oh my god, yeah, that. because I'm looking at the I'm looking at the time, it's like it's top of the hour. We so wrap it up. I gotta wrap it up. And and you know what? I mean, this is a fun conversation because you and I um are basically I mean, the old school thing is like you're my competitor. No, we're not. We actually talk to totally oh. different audiences, but about the same thing. And then you know what? Rising tide raises all ships. And so the thing is I wanna I would love to have you come back again, and maybe even not as a guest, but as a co-host with with a, with 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 a another guest. I think that would be kind of fun too to kind of cool. Love yeah, that. Right? I will um, never forget. Can I like can I like shine a little light on you for a second? Because uh, okay. I literally we were at this conference. I had been teaching about worthiness and mindset and all of this stuff, but I really wanted to go into money. I had done so much with myself. I was kind of doing it behind the scenes, uh-huh. and but I still felt a bit of that like tabooness. I was like oh my god i have like all these people watching me but what if i'm like hey y'all let's talk about money you know like <laughs> like so so i literally you know i i do the thing where i'm like connected to the divine all that stuff i literally asked for a sign that day i was like all right if you if you're going into the money stuff like let's have a sign let's play this game and you gave your speech and i was like cool this dude knows what's up and then I went up to you after, I don't know if you remember this, but I went up uh-huh. to you after and I was like, I'm thinking about teaching this and you, yeah. And I love this cause you weren't, it wasn't a competitor thing at all. You were like, do it. So many people need it. You have to do it. You have to do it. And I was like, well, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. and, and think about it. Background engineer, you understand the mechanics of it. And, but then you also understand the energy of it behind it. And you also are drawn towards the holistic side of doing all that. I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, someone actually came up to me and said, hey, there's a woman out there that is taking all of your content and teaching it to her audience. Oh, and I wow. said, great. And he says, wait, yeah. you're not mad? I was like, no. I mean, she's obviously teaching people that she's going to be able to reach people that I don't think I'll have be able to reach because people will yeah. resonate with her. Absolutely good for her. Take it. Run with it. mindset, y'all. There's you know? no competitors. <laughs> there are no competitors. <laughs> no competitors. There's right? plenty. Everybody needs this. The market is not saturated. Like, you're good. Right? <laughs> Do your thing. <laughs> Do your thing. And, you know, and that's the thing is someone comes up to you and then looks at your stuff and looks at your, um, looks at your your approach on everything and finds that, oh, I like her more than I like Way, then go. Yeah. Go learn exactly. from her because we're, for the most part, we're all talking the same language. Um, there's different perspectives, obviously, different experiences that we bring to the table that color in a way and whatever is more palatable to you, then go that route. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's just like, again, it's like coming back to like 
it's not it's about how we feel like mm-hmm. that's true abundance is like feel like I always have more than enough like I feel good I don't need you like I think that's why like people love paying people like us is because like I I'm not like clinging you or like mm-hmm. manipulating you into it mm-hmm. yeah it'd be cool I love money like I'd love to work with you but like there's also somebody else, you know what I mean? Like there's so many people who need this. Like I'm not worried about my business Mm -hmm. suffering because of a lack of people who need help with money. Like that's right. That's the abundance piece. Right. And, and I think like you were saying earlier, the more um, you live by that code, if you will, um, the less suffering you actually end up having in your life. Everything that you need or want or desire will be there. You know, obviously there's some fundamental skill sets that you need to I mean, because you and I both I'm sure still honing our skill sets learning new things learning how the market and just to be able to have that structure and the deeper uh, awarenesses is just as important to make sure that all that strategy that you're learning is actually going to (laughs) work yep yes so how does so how does someone connect with you okay if they say I don't like that way guy like Melissa better how do they connect with you and how do they kind of like get into your world so I mainly my my biggest platform where I share most things is on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, my, and if you I'm, and if you guys get a chance to look at her Instagram stuff, okay, it's more than just work. <laughs> she does some of the amazing pictures and the cutest videos you will find on the internet. It's okay. I remember I remember me and one um uh, one of my other clients. We were sitting there. We both seen your thing, and she goes, "Oh my god, that's the cutest thing ever." I was like, "That's like that." I kept watching it over. It was the, I don't forgot what song it was, but you were pointing things and things oh, were fun. Yeah. So yeah, I told you. I'm a, little, I'm a little performer in my heart so I like to make I'll make little dance videos yeah yeah and my dog who's like the most handsome boy in the whole world <laughs> I know you might argue but like he's because are your dogs yeah, yeah. My, my 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 Siberian husky Kayla is pretty darn cute she's a pretty yeah, dog yeah 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 <laughs> but like he shows up a lot he's like I've had people before who I don't know like I see someone in the street and they're like I love Forrest and I'm like I really just have all these followers because of my dog <laughs> right that. but yeah I I'm usually on Instagram like on my story like every day I'm mm-hmm. in the DMs talking to people so like mm-hmm. please feel free I that's the thing I love connecting with people mm-hmm. like one-on-one because because I'm I'm a person. I'm sitting here in my room. Like I'm gonna put on my pajamas after this conversation. Probably like I'm I'm a real human being, and I would love to talk to you as a real human being. Uh-huh. So please feel free to send me a message. What um, is your IG? Uh, Melissa. Period. Moffitt, and it's M O F F E T. E T. Yeah, I actually had to correct myself when I said I think there's something wrong with that. Oh, it's one T. <laughs> yeah one, one t, t two e f's t. one t mm-hmm, mm-hmm. two <laughs> f's one t okay. um and that's that's the best way yeah and we'll put we'll put those links and yeah we'll put all those links in the description we'll put melissamoffit.com we'll put your ig down there as well so make sure people remember the dot and then your then your email as well just to kind of make cool. it complete i have my website too i also have some free resources on there oh cool um some meditation some workbooks i have a like a money workbook that you can just download for free it comes straight to your inbox um and then if you get those you start getting my emails as well so nice so this is all at melissamoffit.com yes yes awesome well you know what i again as much as yeah we probably could talk to the cows come home (laughs) (laughs) but um thank you so much i mean i was so looking forward to this and i'm and i and and it absolutely delivered at least on my end and and 
at almost a point, I don't even care if the listeners like it or not. It's like I enjoyed this so much <laughs> because it was, I, <laughs> shh, we're not saying that. You know, we love, love you. you. <laughs> love you. Come follow okay. me on Instagram. <laughs> right. And if and if there's one thing that someone is here is like, oh my god, I can totally relate. <sighs> What is this one thing that you could say that they can just one simple thing that they can do right now, right afterwards, like some actionable thing that they say, okay, great. If I do this, this will create a shift just so they can understand a little bit of what you are talking about. Yeah. I mean, what I would have to say uh, is that, all right, y'all, you're going to have to sit, you might have to sit with this one. You might not, but like you, you kind of already know what it is. You know, there's something that is calling to you. There's something that you know you need to do if you're feeling stuck or if you're feeling like ready for something more. And it might, there might be a lot of things, you know, you might need to go on a trip. You might need to like buy that class you've been wanting to take. You might need to like sign up with some coach or read some book or like move your body in some way. But there's something that, you know, you really can trust yourself. You really can trust your intuition. And a lot of times there's, there's fear that's clogging it, all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I totally get it. Start to accept that stuff, that stuff, mm-hmm. start to sit with it and see it and face your fears and face your shadows and love yourself anyway. Mm-hmm. And then be bold <laughs> and do the stuff <laughs> Yeah. because it will come through. You will have the power to amaze yourself. Right. You really do. Yeah, and take that one step, just that one step. Just that one, you know what it is. I don't even yeah. need to tell you. You know what it is. You know what it is, and whatever it comes up, just go with it. Just do it. <laughs> just, just do, do it. Thing. Now, do it now. Too. Do it now. Like, do it now. You do it now. <laughs> Not tomorrow. <laughs> don't wait, because you're... Let me yell at you for a sec. Go do it now. <laughs> don't put it off. Do it now. I'm pointing my finger at you. Do it now. Okay. okay. All right. Good. Well, thank you so much for that. And on that note, um, yeah, if we don't wrap it up, we're just going to keep going. So, so, so ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this episode. If you found it to be valuable and know of someone else that could benefit from what we talked about today. And if you don't know, then it's time for you to go make some friends. Sharing is caring. So share it. And if you made it this far into this episode and tolerated our, our, our randomness <laughs> and hilarity and hilarity, if we're then being th- honest, right. Then there must have been something good. So make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify to make sure you don't ever miss an episode. So that's a wrap. Have an amazing time taking all this juicy money knowledge that you learned from Melissa today and join me on the next episode of the Money Lab Podcast. This is Way and Melissa signing off. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.